With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Phone calls, emails, tweets, all the above. Say good morning to our TV partner, Peacock, and our great radio affiliates around the country. Also, Chat Row. If you like get in touch, you can. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. I have a podcast. It's called That Scene with Dan Patrick, where... I talk to actors, directors, producers about some of the more iconic movie scenes in history, and it's on Amazon Music. This week's guest is Rosie Perez. She was in uh, Do the Right Thing, also White Men Can't Jump. She was spectacular. Spectacular. Maybe the best guest I've had so far, and that's saying a lot. She was so much fun, told stories, so playful. Uh, She's in that great scene at the beginning of Do the Right Thing with Fight the Powers playing, and she's dancing. And just the setup to get to that scene with Spike Lee, uh, she tells a great story. She tells stories about Mike Tyson. Uh, She talks about everybody was getting stoned on white men can't jump before they were shooting scenes, and she didn't smoke, and she didn't want to get fired. But Rosie Perez, that scene, Amazon Music, she was adorable. Yes, Paulie sitting in the back room when you were doing that interview and I was getting ready to leave. And it's one of the best things you've ever done. I, I got more about that movie and about her and the backdrop of that movie. And then White Man Can't Jump, you just kind of morphed right into it, even though that wasn't initially part of it. She told stories that I don't know if she'd even been asked before or or she may have not even thought they were that good, but they were fantastic about hanging out with Mike Tyson in his prime. It, it was really awesome, really yeah, awesome. Yeah, she said that she's at a club in New York City. And I was in New York around the same time. And I remember some of these clubs she was talking about. She said, you know, I go to this club and uh, Mike Tyson's there with Naomi Campbell. They were dating. I didn't remember that. And she said that uh, her and her friend almost got in a fight because Naomi Campbell had this long ponytail. And she kept flipping it around like it was a horse tail. (laughs) And, you know, there's Mike Tyson there with her. And she just tells these stories where you had... uh, 
uh, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson, and they went to lunch her first day on the set on White Men Can't Jump, and she said they were getting high. And she's saying, I, I can't do this. I got I to gotta act here. And they came back, and Ron Shelton was the director, and he got upset with everybody, and she said she got yelled at, and she said, but I wasn't high. They were, they were getting high. She said Woody could actually play basketball and uh, said Wesley couldn't, but Woody Harrelson actually had game. Yes, Todd. She was so genuine about her feelings and so descriptive that she put you right there on stage. You felt like you were right there as one of the actors uh, involved with the whole production. Oh, she talks about this, this scene where Spike is in Los Angeles looking for somebody to play her role. And they had a dance club. And it, uh, as she said, it was to find the best booty. And it was a dance uh, contest. And she got angry that Spike Lee would actually have a contest to find the best booty for his movie. She got up on stage and started dancing and then jumped off and said, there, how's that booty? And Spike Lee handed her a card and said, I want you to be in the movie. Do the right thing. She threw it away. And her friend who was with her kept the card and said later, you got to call him. She calls him, and then he hires her for the movie. But there's a scene in the movie with Ice Cubes, and uh, not Ice Cube, Ice Cubes, and Spike, and Rosie Perez, and she has her shirt off. Um, She's topless. And she tells the story where Spike had to get permission to do that scene. (laughs) So Spike goes over to Rosie Perez's parents' house to say, I'm shooting this scene. And Rosie says, my brother-in-law comes in and sits at the kitchen table with Spike Lee and he puts down a machete. (laughs) He just wants to let Spike know in a not so subtle way, you better be on the up and up with Rosie. And he puts a machete down on the kitchen table and Spike starts telling his story about how he's going to use uh, Rosie Perez in the movie. So if you get a chance, Amazon Music, there's so many great guests that I've had. I got one with Peter Billingsley, who played Ralphie in A Christmas Story. Uh, and he doesn't talk about that role very often anymore, but uh, he did. And that'll be coming out in a couple of weeks. But there's, there's a lot of great things in there on Amazon Music. Uh, all right, now back to sports here. I got uh, an update on Ohio State I want to bring to you here in a moment. Also, Daryl Bevel. Man, I already got a problem with the interim head coach of the Lions. I might fire him for just making, uh, you know, the uh, decision that he, you know, let me start there. Let me, let, me, let me start with a little bit of fun. So Daryl Bevel is the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. He met with the reporters, media availability, and he um, – he gave a little bit too much information. So Matt Patricia has been fired. And, uh, you know, this is a guy, former uh, Wisconsin football star. And he started talking about how he wants to make it fun now with the Lions, that somehow they're going to be fun. They'll be bad, but they'll be fun. But he's the interim head coach. Now, he also got – I don't think he understands what these press conferences are all about, the Zoom calls, because he let it out that um, – Well, he has two daughters that are going to get engaged. They don't know they're getting engaged because their boyfriends ask for, you know, Daryl Bevel's daughter's hand in marriage. Now, both boyfriends the same week ask if they could marry Daryl Bevel's daughters. And he's telling the reporters 
Here's how it sounded. It was Saturday. All the days are running together already. But on Saturday, um, I was with my family, uh, my wife, my uh, three daughters, and then my uh, my two, I guess, future son-in-laws now. They both wanted to talk to me this past weekend. But we were at the Henry Ford Museum, and uh, we were having a good time there. And then got a text and uh, ended up calling and talking to Rod and Sheila. So this happens on the same weekend that two men asked you for your daughter's hands in marriage. Is that how we're understanding it correctly? Yeah, how about that? Wow. Well, congrats on all that, Daryl. Thank you. Um, I do have to say one thing, though. So the, the two the two guys asked me for my permission. They haven't officially asked them yet. So that's that's where that was. That was just permission. <laughs> so I don't know when that's coming. But um, just to be clear. Oh, no, Daryl. No, Daryl. <laughs> that's a loss. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are you doing? They ask for his daughter's hands in marriage, but they don't know yet. Oh, Daryl. That's uh, that's a problem in the red zone there. That is. Yes, Tom. So how do you unring that bell? What, what, what do these guys do now? They, they have to figure out how to keep this a surprise because they, they don't know. They didn't say exactly what day or location they're going to propose, but you basically ruined it. Yeah, I, I don't think you can unring that bell. Yeah, yeah Pauline. I blame the two young men. If you're going to ask permission, you got to do it that night or the next day. You can't say, hey, can I have permission to ask your daughter? I'm going to do it sometime in uh, late spring. Uh, thanks a lot, Coach. No, but I don't. They just ask, and then they were probably going to ask their, you know, his daughters here sometime soon. I don't think he was waiting until April or May. Mm. Yes, Eden. But you don't go to the dad before you know the answer, right? Well, wait a minute. You go to the dad, you know the answer. Right. That's what I mean. Like you're going to the dad and you already know the answer. You already know that you're in. Yeah, right? but you don't want to spoil the surprise that it could now happen right now. You, you know, usually what happens is you'll go, uh, somebody's going to get engaged here soon. Or you know that somebody's going to get engaged soon. Or you start to get that feeling. You don't know how you're getting engaged. And that's really important, too, for women. Mm. You know, are you getting engaged on Christmas? By the way, don't get engaged on Christmas. Don't get engaged on a holiday. A piece of advice for you guys. Don't get engaged on a holiday. Do it on a day when she does not see it coming. You know, do it on a Monday and in the afternoon and she'll have no idea. But when you do it, hey, Christmas morning. And, uh, you know, no, don't do that. Valentine's Day, don't. Don't do that. Do it on a day that is different from that. Trust me. Brownie points. Yes, Paul. If you're these two young guys and you're not sure how a tough football coach is going to react, do you slide it in by distracting him and say, like, hey, coach, what are you going to do about the Matt Stafford situation in the offseason? And by the way, I'm going to ask your daughter to marry me tomorrow morning. Really, I mean, you, do you miss not taking to it? Do you think about it? Just mm. slide it in so mm. he doesn't notice. Mm. Mm. Yeah, this is an E uh, on, the, on the QB. Now, this is, this is a false start on Daryl Bevel. But um, I asked my wife's father for her hand in marriage. And but I don't know the time frame of when I asked when I got engaged, but it was basically I was like, um, "Hey, you know, I I want to get married to Sue," and my father-in-law goes, "Good." I said, "But you know, I want to ask your permission." And he goes, "You don't need my permission." I said, "Well, no, you're supposed to." He goes, "Oh, okay, yeah, you have my permission," and that was it. Like it wasn't one of those emotional moments or anything. There was no hugging. There was no nothing. Uh, but I thought that I was supposed to ask. And I, I'm, I, I have three daughters and they're not close to getting engaged, 
But I hope that their significant others, when they have those significant others, will at least out of respect say, I would like to get married. And, uh, you know, I would probably say yes, for the most part. At least I hope to. Yes, uh, McLevin. I was told in no uncertain terms that I was not asking my father-in-law for permission. I could inform him that I was asking my <laughs> his daughter, but uh, my wife's like, you are not falling into that patriarchal trap, quote unquote. Wow. I was like, I haven't even asked you yet, but she's like, no, that's not happening. Well, I didn't get down on one knee. I didn't, I didn't do that, but I thought out of respect that I should do it. And you know, the Italians, I don't, when it comes to respect, like, you know, last thing I want to do, I, I mean, once again, my father-in-law kissed me on the mouth uh, after we told him that we got engaged. You're in. <laughs> I didn't know if I was in. I didn't know what that meant. Yes, Todd. Was that a religious thing or that he just does that when he gets excited? Well, he went one side of the cheek. They're big on kissing on the cheeks. And I'm not. Like, I could just do dap or just a wave. Like, I don't need any of that. Hey, so come did, on. Yeah, come on did in. he kiss you and they give you like a wad of money and a gun to hide or it was just a kiss? No, it was just a kiss. But he went one direction and I was going in the other direction. But one of us screwed up the direction <laughs> and then he, he kissed me on the mouth. A lovely moment. Yeah. And then I, for years, years, I never brought that up. And then one day I said to my wife, I said, why did your dad kiss me on the mouth? And she goes, you <laughs> kissed him on the mouth. I go, no, I didn't. Like I, and she goes, oh, all these years he thought that you were kissing him on the mouth. And I go, Irish, no, we don't do anything like that. We're usually not good with uh, those kind of situations. I thought it was, the, I don't know, I thought it was the Italian part, you know, that this is what you do, you kiss on the cheek, you kiss on the other cheek. I just, I, I went one way, and uh, I thought he was going the other way. And we met in between. All righty. And let me give you this Ohio State news. Uh, here's my, I ask uh, any updates on Ohio State. That was last hour. My source said they're doing everything to play, but will be down significant numbers. Michigan has paused football activities, but don't know the numbers and their availability for this week or next week against Ohio State. If they're unable to play Ohio State, Michigan avoids losing to them and eliminates Ohio State from playing in the Big Ten Championship. <laughs> I had not thought of that. Oh, once again, this is from the, you know, my college football source who's been right on with all this stuff. Um, you know, Michigan paused their football activities this morning, and they have their game with Ohio State next week. If Ohio State, if Michigan's unable to play Ohio State, they avoid losing to them and eliminate Ohio State from playing in the Big Ten Championship. Don't know if Ohio State's going to be able to play this week against Michigan State which would eliminate them from the Big Ten Championship. But uh, that was the update I had. Yes, Pauling? If you told Michigan fans in August, Jim Harbaugh will not lose to Ohio State this year <laughs> and he will prevent them from getting into the Big Ten title game, they would have signed up. Wow. Wow. Yes, Todd. Is it worse getting destroyed by Ohio State or looking or giving any kind of appearance that you were doing everything you can to avoid playing them at all? Well, I, I think it's fair to ask that. I, I do. But I, once again, I don't know if this will happen. And, and it may not be something Michigan can control. But, you know, Ohio State 
Michigan State, I think, is still in jeopardy here. They could still play for the national championship because the college football playoff selection committee doesn't say you have to have a mandatory number of games played. The Big Ten championship, they do. But this is just, if it comes up and the following week and Michigan wouldn't be able to play, they didn't lose to Ohio State, and Ohio State was not able to play for the Big Ten championship. Just adding a little more intrigue to this college football season, as if we needed any more. Dennis in New York joins us. Hey, Dennis, what's on your mind? Hey, Danny, I want to share an engagement story that I got with you. Okay. So I asked my father-in-law Thanksgiving weekend last year for permission to marry his daughter. And the following weekend is our anniversary. We went to... uh, uh, Paulie's favorite, Burlington, Vermont, and got engaged on Church Street. And then we got married during the pandemic. We took a helicopter to a glacier in Alaska. Oh, I thought there was something bad that happened there. That all oh. sounds really good, Dennis. Well, congratulations. I'm waiting for the punchline there. Dennis. Yeah, no, that sounded awesome. Yeah, come on, Dennis. This is about content. We don't want to hear happy stories on this program. That's just like a good vacation. Actually. Yeah. Like you don't even have to do that to get engaged. Yeah. I asked for permission. Then I got engaged. And then we took a helicopter to uh, Alaska. Yeah. It sounds, sounds pretty good. I like that. Uh, let me see. What do we have? Kareem in California. Hi, Kareem. What do you have? Hey, what's going on, Dad? Thanks for taking the call, brother. Sure. So listen, man, I was going to do the Metcalf and uh, Tyreek Hill angle because that's what you were talking about a couple segments ago, but I'm going to go a different speed, man. The NFL, I'm a big fan. We all are. We like, you know, to watch the games. Probably the most popular sport in the world, but I think they're just doing too much. We're trying to push these games forward. I think that game tomorrow is not going to be a great game to watch. I think Pittsburgh going to blow out the Ravens. And, you know, they need to start putting these players' safety first and stop trying to push this season through to get to the Super Bowl. You know, try to take a page out the NBA. When you get – if you can get to the Super Bowl, have some type of bubble structure where you can protect these players – it shouldn't be about the bottom dollar. It should be about the safety and the health of these players. Well, Kareem, I think you're going to be able to have the ultimate protection once you get to the Super Bowl. It's only two teams you have to worry about, and you'll have you know an extra week to have everybody get ready to go to Tampa to play in that Super Bowl. But you're right. I don't, I don't know why you can't just add an extra week here. I want to see the best with Baltimore against Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh may say, look, We'll face him on Wednesday afternoon. We'll play him Wednesday, Wednesday morning if you want to, if it means we don't have Lamar Jackson in there. But if I'm the NFL, I want to showcase my best product. And I don't think they're showcasing their best product. I mean, this is Wednesday afternoon. It was supposed to be last Thursday that they were going to play this game. And you couldn't have asked for a bigger moment, bigger night than Thanksgiving night with football night in America. And now we got Wednesday afternoon in America. And if you're not going to extend the season based off what happened in Baltimore, I don't know. I don't know what scenario could come up unless you say the entire offensive line for fill in the blank team can't play. Then do you say now this is about safety? But if you haven't done it now, 
I don't know a scenario where you're going to go, hey, no quarterbacks in Denver. No problem. We'll bring somebody in off the practice squad who's never played the position. The Titans situation with what happened? The Raiders? You know, teams got fined. Raiders been fined over a million dollars. Took away draft pick. It's not stopping anybody. But at some point, I got to get somebody's attention to say, if we're going to make it through the rest of the regular season, we really mean business here. Hey, my franchise got fined $500,000. So? Hey, my team lost a seventh-round draft pick. So? When you lose paychecks, then it's different. Whether you can do that or not, whether the NFL Player Association will allow that or not, but I don't know if you're getting everybody's attention in a situation like this. If I'm a player, I feel like, hey, we're not playing today. That doesn't mean we can't play in a few days. But imagine Pittsburgh getting ready for Thursday, and then maybe Sunday, and then maybe Monday, and then maybe Tuesday, and now Wednesday afternoon. Not fair to Pittsburgh. We'll talk to Mike Flory about these scenarios. And also, Will Fuller is suspended for six games, performance-enhancing drugs. We've had a suggestion for years now. I don't know if the NFL would ever take us up on it. Well, they wouldn't credit us, but I want to ask Florio about this. Uh, The suggestion for the NFL when it comes to drugs for these players on what you can buy, who you buy them from. 21 after the hour, more phone calls coming up as well here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I finished season three of Yellowstone. It was on Peacock. You can stream it now. Boy, it's a cliffhanger. Really good. Also, new original series, Saved by the Bell, streaming now exclusively on Peacock. Bayside is back. New students, new stories. Some familiar faces start streaming now. Will Fuller got suspended for six games. And it was years ago where we were talking about this prior to the start of the show. And I thought, what if the NFL came out with its own, you know, kind of GNC, where these are the things that you can use. And that that way nobody goes, hey, I didn't know. You know, Will Fuller said, hey, I took advice from a doctor. Like, no, you can't use anything else. These are the supplements that you can have. Uh, not that you can go, hey, uh, the NFL is uh, trafficking in HGH or uh, <laughs> steroids here. But uh, can Will Fuller sue his doctor for prescribing something that he tested positive for? Because it's six games here and he was playing pretty well. Let me start there with Mike Florio. By the way, pro football talk in November 
60 million page views, almost 16 million unique visitors, biggest month since September of 2019. Pat yourself on the back, Mike Florio. Well done. Hey, I'm just glad that, uh, you know, the audience out there that claimed that they're not going to pay any attention to football this year has come around <laughs> now that the election is over. That's all I'm saying about that. All right. Uh, but thank you. Uh, could it's, we- it's good. It's football's back. And we've we've held the season together. Not that I've had anything to do with it or you had anything to do with it, but the NFL has held the season together this far. Let's see what happens in December. Could Will Fuller sue his doctor? Well, if the facts as he alleges them are true, perhaps. But, Dan, look, I'm amazed because I've been covering the NFL on a daily basis for 20 years now. The NFL has never caught a cheater via its PED policy. The NFL has only caught guys who unknowingly took a substance that was on the banned list because it was spiked into something that they bought at GNC or the doctor told them this or someone told them that. They have resources available. If they have any questions, you call the union, they have hotlines, they have a list of what you can and can't use from a drug standpoint, a supplement standpoint. Even if he's telling the truth, I don't know why you would rely upon your doctor when all you have to do is call your agent or call your union. And I just always enter these conversations assuming that this is another example of someone who has chosen to not say, I cheated and you caught me. Because under under the version that we get, and that we've gotten for the last 20 years, other than Julie Edelman, Julian Edelman, whose response was, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Every other guy has said he's taken some sort of a spiked substance or he didn't know. And no one has ever come out and said, hey, you caught me. Hey, I forgot Edelman. Hey, I don't know what happened here. Like I've yeah, used that excuse do. with my parents growing up. I don't know what happened here. <laughs> yeah, why is, why is there a, a dent in the car? I don't, I don't, I don't know what happened here. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. That's the ultimate... I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, because you have nothing good to tell me. Is the NFL doing a good job with COVID? I'm amazed that we've gotten through 12 weeks with all games played except one pending tomorrow. But, you know, Dan, at some point, when when something goes wrong, the the knee-jerk reaction for the league is to say it's a failure of a team or a player or whoever to follow the protocols. It's never a bad protocol. And we're getting closer and closer to the point where the rubber is going to meet the road on whether or not the protocols are effective. Because as these numbers go up in the wake of Thanksgiving and the NFL wisely shut down all facilities Monday and Tuesday with limited exceptions because they understand players and coaches had people in from out of town for Thanksgiving. Now, I still can't reconcile that with playing games on Sunday and Monday. That's a different issue altogether. But they realize it's getting worse. Fine. At some point, though, they have to flip the switch on the home market bubble. At some point, the only way to keep this thing on track is to make sure everyone is under the same roof all the time, 24-7, no intermingling with people who aren't being tested all the time, constant concern for physical distancing and mask wearing and being careful and prudent. That's the only way they're going to hold it together. Because it feels like it's teetering. And it felt like it was teetering this weekend. There were rumors among teams, among executives with teams, that the NFL was just going to pull the plug on week 12 and make all of week 12, week 18. Now, the NFL said there were no such discussions, but that's just an example of how bad it's gotten. And there's no reason to think it's going to get any better over the next five weeks. 
I just wonder, and I'm not saying that, uh, you know, their justice is arbitrary, but, you know, with what happened in Denver, felt like they were really going to punish the Broncos. By you guys created this, now you deal with this. Uh, Baltimore, I was told by a league source last night, John Harbaugh is a hypocrite because he's claiming to be a victim, but they created the scenario where, you know, the Steelers should be the ones really upset, not the Ravens. So how do you look at those situations? Well, going into the season, I thought the NFL was going to try, Dan, to balance case by case, situation by situation, when and if the lack of sufficient healthy offensive linemen, the lack of sufficient healthy quarterbacks, any position group decimated by players on the COVID-19 reserve list, whether that would justify postponement of games. When October rolled around, the NFL decided, screw it. Our approach is we got 256 boxes to check. We are going to check every box and get every game in. And if someone has a competitive disadvantage, you don't have enough offensive linemen, too bad. You don't have enough healthy quarterbacks, too bad. You don't have enough defensive backs, too bad. You have to play with what you have. You have to plan your practice squad accordingly. They got 53 spots on the active roster, 16 practice squad players, any or all of whom can be called up up to 90 minutes before kickoff. You have to deal with it. And that I've been told over and over again is the difference between Baltimore and Denver. Baltimore had an uncontained outbreak that they were trying to get under control, that the league was trying to get under control, and they didn't feel that it was safe to bring the team together. They didn't feel it was safe to proceed with the game, to put guys on a plane, guys on a bus, guys in a locker room, guys on the sideline, because they weren't sure that the outbreak had been contained. That's why the Ravens got three postponements. And to the extent that the Ravens bear blame for this, and clearly they do, their strength and conditioning coach was Typhoid Mary for this outbreak. But, you know, Dan, last week, the league knew there was an outbreak. They let the Ravens gather at their facility and practice on Monday. They knew there was an outbreak. They knew there were positives from Sunday. They knew there were positives from Monday. They let the Ravens practice on Tuesday until they finally pulled the plug because they wanted to get the game in Thursday night. So this isn't a situation where only the Ravens are to blame. The league, instead of immediately pulling the plug on the Thanksgiving night game, which could have potentially salvaged Sunday, they, they let them practice Monday and Tuesday because they wanted to get the Thursday night game in. So, you know, the, I think that the, the, the danger of placing blame on anyone in these instances ignores the fact that that in most of them, there's plenty of blame to go around. Andrew Brandt had a, a tweet earlier today, of course, former front office front office executive. Um, and he said, if we're not going to postpone or cancel a game, given what happened in Baltimore, like, can you give me a scenario where you think that we would actually have a game that's uh, forfeited or canceled? Well, forfeit's tough to do. You know, there's never been a forfeit in the 101-year history of the National Football League. And it also creates a financial can of worms because when they crafted the agreements that allowed the 2020 season to proceed, Dan, nothing was contained in there about what would happen with player game checks in the event of a forfeit. I think the NFL is avoiding that possibility for that reason and other reasons. They don't want to go down the path of declaring a winner and a loser because we're in a pandemic. Stuff is going to happen. When do you start drawing the lines between forfeit and postponement? And, you know, this possibility of week 18, you've been talking about it. I've been talking about it. We've talked about it, I'm sure, when I've been on with you in the past. Yesterday, it finally crystallized for me what the problem is with week 18. If you made Raven Steelers the first game that gets kicked to week 18, 
What do you do if the Ravens or the Steelers have an issue the rest of the way with any of their games? What if the Bills have an outbreak next week and the Sunday night game between Pittsburgh and Buffalo has to get postponed? Which one do you play? Which one do you not play? Oh, oh, well, Ravens-Steelers was first. That's the one that gets played. But what if Bills-Steelers has more impact on more teams to determine who gets to the playoffs and who doesn't? And and so I think the reason they haven't pulled the ripcord on Week 18 is they understand that once you burn that spot for two teams, you are operating on a tightrope on a windy day with no net. He's Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk co-host. You can see him every morning on Peacock with... Chris Sims. Also, you can go to his website there because everybody else is. Uh, The 49ers are without a home. So now they're playing in Arizona. Like, okay. There's so much of this where we go, yeah, okay, that's fine. Niners don't get to play two games at home. They're playing in Arizona. Is that fair? It's not like they're losing a home field advantage. Now, (laughs) I mean, really, they don't have any fans at any of the games at Levi's Stadium. When the schedule came out in May, Dan, one of the first things I did was I looked at the schedules of the California teams and I looked at other teams reasonably close by to see if one of these teams couldn't play at home, where would there be conflicts? Where would there be home games going on at the same time? And the first thing that jumped out at me, San Francisco, Arizona, they never play a game at home on the same day. I think they've always known that Arizona was the alternative for San Francisco if they couldn't play games there. And it finally happened. I'm fascinated by the idea, and I think it's moving in this direction. They're going to practice in Arizona. They now have a bubble. The 49ers have a bubble. They're going to have everybody in a hotel in Arizona away from their families for five weeks. I'm still trying to find out what kind of negotiations happened with the union because you're talking about a dramatic change in work conditions for these players. These players are now 24-7 employees. They can't be with their families. They can't go home. They're on a business trip indefinitely. What did they do by way of talking to the union to get this approved? Because, Dan, I think collective bargaining is one of the big reasons why we don't have 32 teams in a bubble, because you're talking about a major ask for a player to say, tell your family goodbye. You'll see them in early January. You can't go home. You can't see them. Uh, that's not what these guys signed up for. You imagine if the Super Bowl was in California this year? So it wouldn't be. Yeah, it would be in Arizona. <laughs> uh, great to talk to you. Congrats on the success with the website there, Mike. We appreciate your time as always. All right, Dan. Good being with you as always. All right. That's Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. I, I don't know if he's going to have a party later on, like a Pro Football Talk party. Maybe via Zoom, I guess. Everybody who's visited the Pro Football Talk website would zoom in for uh, Mike Florio's party there. Yes, Paul. I, I do love his basement. For those who can't see it, there's goblets in the background and dark lighting. It's it's like Game of Thrones meets NFL. No, it's really nice there. It's uh, yeah, you've got a nice little setup there in West Virginia. All right, update the poll results there, McLevin. Okay, put up the Pauly special. Which would you rather attend live? The tree lighty at Rockefeller Center or oh Ravens Steelers? Luckily, our audience said 74% Raven Steelers. Yeah, all you want to do is watch them flip the switch and then the lights come on. By the way, that tree is even more magnificent when you see it in person. It is. Yes, Paul. But no Lamar Jackson would be like no Mariah Carey. Yeah, that's, that's a staple. <laughs> mm, Do people mm. know no Lamar Jackson tomorrow night? She's the queen of Christmas. That's like somebody giving a nickname to themselves. She calls <laughs> herself the queen of Christmas. I have a problem with that, with Mariah. You can't give yourself the nickname, can you? Like, did James Brown call himself the godfather of soul? 
or was he called the godfather of soul? And I might give him a hall pass because James Brown struck me as somebody who probably spoke in third person. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm okay if he wanted to call himself that. You're like, yes, sir, you get that. If Ricky Henderson was an entertainer, yeah, he would have been James Brown. So James Brown said James is the hardest working man in show business, and I can, he, I can he, verify He it. could have. So then he was one person removed from calling himself that. Yes, McLovin. Michael Buble is not my thing. Are you? Uh, where do you stand on him? Um, I I always hear sort of Harry Connick Jr. doing Sinatra, you know, but it's Michael Buble who's doing Harry Connick Jr. who's doing Sinatra. Does that sound about right? Yes. Yeah, Does he still have all of the uh, like, hey, all you cool cats and kittens swinging out there? <laughs> and you're like, dude, you're 23. Like, yes, Paulie. I would kill to be Michael Bublé for for one winter season. Are you kidding me? That guy doesn't come out from basically January 1st until November 1st, and then he slays <laughs> for an eight-week stretch. You guys are nuts. Michael Bublé's got the – he's, he's cornered the market on this. He's like a 31-year-old guy who looks like – acts like Frank Sinatra. I know. It, it's okay, but, you know, it was – it's it sounds like he's doing oh. Harry Connick Jr. who's doing Frank Sinatra. Uh, Harry Connick Jr., uh, how what a run he had! Oh I know, God. but I'm saying he's like three or four people, maybe even more than that. Removed. That's fair. But he's he's doing his impression of somebody who's doing his impression. Somebody's doing his impression of Frank Sinatra, <laughs> something like that. Yes, McLovin. Is this whole thing about how excited Paulie is for the tree lighting? Are you gonna have like a big party? Is this like your thing? <laughs> I don't even know a Michael Bublé song. Do you guys know the title of a Michael Bublé song? I don't They're just covers people. of other people's songs, yeah. I think. That's what I thought. Is it? I, I don't know. I don't know. I remember I'd go into Starbucks. Remember when Starbucks would sell music and it felt like Michael Buble was always on whenever I went in there? Yes, Todd. Josh Groban, another one of those guys. When I think Michael Buble, I put uh, Groban in that mix. And I want to know why the Transcontinental Siberian Orchestra, whatever they're called in pentatonics, have they ever turned down a bar mitzvah or a Sweet 16 or a uh, Rockefeller Center gathering? Well, that's a little different. You just went from Bar Mitzvah to Rockefeller Center. But it seems like every year Pentatonix and the Trans-Siberian Orchestra have to be involved. What was? The, how about the Mannheim Steamroller? Oh, I love the Steamroller. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, my daughter, Dan, my daughter's one of her friends in school. The mom sings in Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And she, it's like the big thing at school every year. Mm. They try to get her to sing. I'm mm. serious. Wow. I don't they're know. Not, they're not from Siberia. They're from like Connecticut. Do they do covers? I, I, I'm not aware of. I, I know who these artists are. I, I don't know what they sing. And uh, who'd you say? Josh Groban? Yeah, isn't he in the Michael Bublé no, kind of he's No, he's not trying to be Sinatra. Not Sinatra, but like he's just of that kind of ilk, that uh, kind of over the top you know, kind of thing that the girls swoon for. No. Just handsome, talented, successful, rich. Oh, those guys. Like a little eccentric kind of. Can't really fit him into a specific category. Take a break here. We'll be back. Close up shop right after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. 
And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Thank you, Michael Buble. Thank you. All right. There you go. That's Michael Buble. Yeah. Cool cats out there. Oh, he's making a list, and he's checking it twice. Who's naughty? Who's nice? I would probably do it like Leonard Cohen, you know, would uh, sing his songs, where you just sort of talk. That's probably how I'd uh, I'd do the uh, making a list. Yeah, checking it twice. Yeah, Seton. Nice. (laughs) Thank you. Santa Claus is coming to... Town. Town. You guys are starting to sound like William Shatner. It's like, the guy is coming to town. Michael. (laughs) Buble. Yeah. Cool cats. I guess there's uh, like a couple of weeks during the year that Michael Buble is is huge. There's uh, an army of people now, uh, mostly women, who are like, you know, he's actually very accomplished. Uh, You should look into him sometimes. (laughs) Um, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. He does do some covers. Okay. But he's actually very accomplished. <laughs> okay. He's quite prolific as an artist. So. Paulie call for Michael Buble. <laughs> I already did. Okay. Let's get Michael Buble on. I don't even know what I would ask him if I had him on. How do you explain this phenomenon, Michael? Who's your inspiration? No, you have to interview him in that voice. The questions oh, have to be. Oh, yeah. Hey, Michael. You better watch. Uh, who's your inspiration? Yeah. How would you sum up your style? His phrasing is just so good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make that list. Yeah. Shag and try. Yeah, bring it home. Baby. Yeah. Oh, I'm so naughty. And nice. Don't upset the booblets. No. Don't do it. I know. I know. Don't. Todd said that his sister's in love with Josh Groban. He's a Grobanite. A Grobanite. It's very disturbing. It sounds like something you could get in trouble for. I'm a Grobanite. We didn't even know Todd had a sister for how many years? How many 15, years did I know 15. you? And you finally told us one day, he goes, my sister. And we go, what? And it's, she's a great, sweet person. It's not like I'm ashamed of her. or She's got some kind of dark past or there's something strange about her where I would need to keep that quiet. She should be ashamed of you. Exactly. Not the other way around. I, <laughs> no argument there. What are you doing? I definitely have no Your sister issues. is very sweet. She always texts me over the holidays. <laughs> she, and she reminds me periodically. I can't believe I don't think, you worked with these guys how long and they didn't know you. They think no. you got a brother. That's I it. know. Yeah, but she, uh, she, your sister. I'm glad she reached out. out some text messages. That's great. Very sweet. Very sweet of her. Uh, let's see. What do we have? Uh, this day in sports history, Paulie? Yeah, 1964. The Houston Colt 45s changed their name to the Astros. I kind of like the old school name. Uh, <laughs> Seattle got their baseball franchise in 1967. In 1967, Wilt Chamberlain missed 22 straight free throws. And uh, 1984, Doug Flutie won the 50th Heisman Trophy. The tree lineup is Kelly Clarkson. Who's Kelly Clarkson? (laughs) The Goo Goo Dolls, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Jimmy Fallon, Brett Eldridge, Tori Kelly, and uh, from Hamilton, Leslie Odom Jr. Wait, no Mariah Carey? Hmm. Does she have her own night or is that on another note? Is it assumed that she's there? Oh, I, I don't know. 
Yeah. See, do you know? Because Christmas is the day we're excited about. Oh, don't. Don't make fun of Hamilton. I saw it twice. Did I tell you about that? All right. You know, uh, he's coming down the chimney. Let's he's go around the room. Todd, what did you learn today? You can bounce back from an injury, but when your mind is damaged with a loss of confidence, that's very hard to overcome. McLovin. Polly loves the tree lighting special. Uh, Seton O'Connor. Polly, very excited about the tree lighting. Yes. Uh, Polly? <laughs> I finally got to declare my love for Michael Bublé. Thank goodness. Built Bar is simply the best tasting protein bar around. I love all of the flavors. 18 of them. Mint brownie, coconut almond, pumpkin chocolate chip, cookie, just to name a few. You'll believe me when you taste it. Go to BuiltBar.com, enter the promo code DP for 20% off. That's why Paulie was thrilled the football game got moved to Wednesday so he'd have the tree lighting ceremony all to himself. Finally. Yes, I get it. Wednesday night. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.